Hi, I'm Brian Giuliano, part of the Global Fixed Income Team here at Brandywine Global. I'm Jim Clark, a Global Equity Portfolio Manager. Today we're going to talk about the global equity market and a couple countries in particular where we think there's good value. You might think it's odd to have a global bond guy partner with a global equity guy for this conversation. However, for those of you that know us here at Brandywine, you know we do things a bit differently here. And Jim's team runs a global equity strategy that combines the macro thoughts for my team, global fixed income team, in conjunction with bottom-up fundamental stock analysis from Jim's team. So Jim, with that background, let me start with an obvious question. Why does a macro perspective matter to a global equity? Well, when you're buying global stocks, um, you do your homework on the growth rates of the company, the industry, the competitors, all that stuff, the valuation you're paying. And you can do all that in great depth, but you're getting two things that are not included in that. You're getting a country exposure and you're getting a currency exposure, whether you've thought about it or not, whether you understand it or not, you are getting those things. So when you are working at a firm with the macro capabilities that Brandywine has, you'd be crazy not to listen to them and follow along with what what they're thinking. Um, so for instance, last year, um, all those big returns that you saw in European stocks, subtract 8% from them if you did not, if you hedged the currency. Getting the currency right was very important to achieving those returns. Uh, and stock markets can perform differently around the world, obviously. An, an average stock in a good market will likely outperform the best stocks in a poor market. So we take the macroeconomic research of the firm, just like you do with bonds. We do it with equities. You know, we apply that. And let's take that one step further. Sometimes that research doesn't just lead us to a country. It leads us to a sector within that country, greatly benefited from a specific macroeconomic cyclical tailwind. And we'll talk about some of those uh, soon. Let's talk a little bit about that philosophy and practice and focus on a market that you've liked for almost 18 months now, the UK. From a macro perspective, at the time of Brexit, we thought that fears around a significant growth slowdown in the UK were overblown. Forecasters thought recession at the time, but we saw a, a proactive central bank, a very cheap currency, and a Brexit process that was going to take years to play out. The UK equity market is dominated by multinationals. Interestingly, though, you chose to focus your investment in domestic companies. Why is that? Well, Brexit, Brexit scared a lot of investors, both macro and uh, stock investors in, in the country. It created an undervalued currency and it created fear, which um, a good value investor doing their own homework can often thrive on. So that macroeconomic viewpoint that you just, you just stated um, was nirvana to a value investor. Think about what you just said. That Normally, when a country's currency tanks, the central government will defend that currency by raising interest rates. Here, we saw exactly the opposite. The central bank in the UK cut interest rates. So we had essentially a market with both feet on the gas pedal, undervalued currency and uh, favorable monetary policy. Yet the equity investors were thinking recession. doesn't get better than that. So what do you want in that situation as an equity investor? You want domestic, economically sensitive exposure to that country denominated in that currency. Things like airlines, things like home builders, kitchen remodelers, basic industries like that within the country denominated in pounds. Um, these were trading at recession multiples. Uh, you could find companies with no debt on their balance sheet. They weren't going broke. 
Compare that to the index in the country, which contains things like Diageo at big weightings. Diageo is a global liquor company. You might as well buy Coca-Cola. You're going to get the same country exposure, the same currency exposure as Coca-Cola. Had very little to do with what we wanted in the UK, which was exposure directly to the country. Um, 18 months later, there's still been no recession. The currency's appreciated more than 15%. So was that a macro call or a stock call? We found you can accomplish great things when you don't care who gets the credit, and we prefer to just call it teamwork. Jim, let's shift gears for a minute and come a little closer to home. Mexico. Mexico has been in the news a lot. Trump, the wall, NAFTA negotiations. And despite some of these headlines, you've uncovered a segment of the Mexican equity market, specifically in real estate, that you think offers some, some good value. Tell us what you're thinking here. Well, in Mexico, the negatives are obvious. You can find them on the front page of the newspaper. What really distinguishes Mexico, in our view, is that it has a very different business cycle from the rest of the world. Um, interest rates in Mexico are high and we think likely to fall, which makes it the polar opposite of, of the developed world. Um, what does that mean for stocks? Let's look at a sector like real estate, uh, office buildings, if you will. These are income-producing properties. They tend to trade like bonds. And around the world, interest rates, bonds, are near zero. Uh, real estate is very expensive, in our view, around the world. We consider it quite risky on valuation, and we do not own it. Mexico is different. Um, REITs are down 30% in Mexico. We're buying, we're buying three-year lows there. Uh, then when we put on our stock analyst hat and evaluate the businesses, we find Mexican REITs, prime blue chip REITs, are offering dividend yields in the sevens. You can't find that anywhere else in the world. Um, you can find uh, higher cap rates, higher returns on your equity investment, and uh, assets that are going through the pipeline, which will enter that income stream in the future if you do your homework. So both in stock picking and in macro, I mean, that's a sector we think, we think we're going to do well in. Let's stick with that contrarian theme for a minute and talk about another market that has seen a share of, of negative headlines lately, and that's Turkey. Governance issues, very high inflation have led to depressed uh, equity valuations and a very cheap currency. The lira is, is, is very undervalued. The good news is that growth in Turkey is tied to, to European growth, which has been solid as of late, and tight monetary policy from the Central Bank of Turkey. It's finally working its way through the system, and inflation seems to be slowing. So, Jim, what is it that you like about Turkish equities? Well, we like to buy, as you do, in fixed income in places that scare others a little bit, where we can do our homework, because that's where we're going to get the best deals. Now, you want to know how out of favor Turkey is? Um, just in the last 18 months, they've seen a failed coup, a war on their border. Um, they shot down a plane of their biggest trading partner, and their currency is off by over 20%. But stocks are among the cheapest in the world. Nobody cares. Everybody's focused on the obvious macro flaws. Um, but in fact, there are opportunities here. Um, how out of favor is Turkey? I went to a conference last fall in New York. It was a general emerging markets conference with a lot of investors who you know, complain about stocks being expensive around the world. Well, Turkey has a lot of problems. Stocks being expensive is certainly not one of them. You'd think more investors would be interested in, in looking there. Um, one of the top bankers in Turkey, CEO of perhaps the best bank in the country, was holding meetings with investors. Um, I had one scheduled. It was supposed to be a group meeting, you know, three or four investors. And I get there and I'm the only one who showed up. So I had a one-on-one -on -one with 
essentially Jamie Dimon of, of Turkey and learned a lot. We had a good talk. Um, Turkey's the low-cost manufacturer for Europe. It has the same relationship to continental Europe as Mexico does to the United States. Um, Europe's in recovery. Um, the currency is undervalued. Sounds like a great place to be an exporter. Uh, banks are strong. There's some wonderful businesses in Turkey. We've been following Turkey for a long time. This is the first time you know, we've owned it for a while. Uh, this is the fifth biggest cement market in the world. It has a growing young demographic and nobody is interested. That's a value investor's dream. So what do you do? You find a few high quality businesses with good balance sheets. You take a position and you wait for something to change. Jim, I, I think you said it best earlier when you said that global equity investors don't simply have company exposure. They're actively incurring country and currency risk, whether they realize it or not. And if you have the capabilities Brandywine does, you can do that intelligently. Thanks, Jim. And, and thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, please don't hesitate to contact us if you have any questions.